0: Well, welcome, friends. We are so glad to have you with us for another episode of The Collective Podcast, where we strive to serve the church and bless the city. Each episode is going to encourage us through highlighting beautifully ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness. These women come from all areas of life, all ages, stages, and places. And I hope that the lives of these women challenge us to be all God has created us to be. And I hope it calls us toward our next step of faithfulness, our next best yes well welcome friends to the season finale episode of season one of the collective podcast I'm Callie Nixon your host and joining me are my lovely co-hostesses you like how I did that? I, I love
1: that. Chelsea
0: Shea Friesen and Holly Carpenter. Ladies, listen, we have talked about a lot of things this semester. We have gotten into a lot of topics, but I need a second just for you guys to tell everybody who you all are. Like, give give the people what they want to know. They want a <laughs> few personal details about y'all's life. So just catch us up, even though we know about a lot about what you think, we want to know a little bit about who you are.
1: mm Great. Well, I'll go first. Well, my name is Holly Carpenter, so I've been on a few episodes this season. I have had the privilege of serving alongside Callie and Chelsea with All Things Collective. I am 28 years old, single, single ready to mingle. Uh, I work here full-time at Watermark. I help plan conferences for churches that are interested in learning about our ministries, want further equipping, want to build relationships, and it's a blast. And so I've been at Watermark for Little over five years now, and oh am ready for the next five. That's awesome.
2: That's a long time.
1: I know. Time flies. Holly, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I do a lot of really weird things for fun. A lot of weird things. I am known for being passionate about things that no one should be passionate about, like Lego. Yeah, love Lego. I was going to say we would be
0: we would be doing the people a disservice if we did not talk about your passion. Yes, I love Lego.
1: It's actually Lego. There's no S. The brand is Lego. So I know. I know. The things that I know, <laughs> I love that. What's so, the, so you're you're into Lego? I am. So I got my degree from Baylor in interior design, and I worked for an architecture firm for a few years before working here. And so, love the architecture line of Lego. Love building things. Love structure design, all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
2: So on a Saturday, we could catch you mm-hmm. with a new box of like Lego, absolutely, with a new kit, and you're gonna put on yep. a movie, get get the mood set, mm-hmm. and you're gonna build like a thousand piece Lego. Set.
1: Oh, I've built the Harry Potter castle. Yes, like you if have. You, I was going to ask. Yeah. If you guys come to my desk at work, come say hi sometime. You'll see all my Lego up there. That's amazing. I, yeah. I,
0: that so, just brings so much joy to
1: my heart. That's one of about a million weird things I love. I love it. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah.
2: I'm Chelsea Shea Friesen. I'm 32. I'm married to Luke Friesen, who's on staff here at Watermark. Director of Operations, and I am a mama to two girls. So excited. One of which is coming November 4th. Um, And I... My degree is in um, radio and television and film. Yeah, it so is. I started off my career at ESPN Dallas for one hundred three point three FM. <laughs> ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum. <laughs> that <laughs> radio boy. Right <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> Chelsea right Shea Friesen, um, and then uh, God took me on a different path, and I got to work and do some amazing stuff with nonprofits for a long time. And I'm very passionate about nonprofit work. And now I get to do the hardest job I've ever done, Mm -hmm. which is being a stay at home mom Mm -hmm. to young Mm -hmm. children. I always kind of had a a, a negative perspective on it growing up. And then now that I'm here, I just, I want to just like praise and bow down to all of them. I'm like being a mother is (laughs) so hard. hard. Mm -hmm. It's so hard and it's so refining. And it's also so wonderful. I, I, absolutely love it and so god brought the collective into my life a Mm. year ago and that's kind of been my passion Mm -hmm. project and i do interior design that's kind of my hobby and i also can kind of make some (laughs) money with it (laughs) that's debatable but like it's a fun hobby um and then before having kids my big hobby was rock climbing i loved Mm. rock climbing and I can't do it anymore because, you know, being pregnant and climbing a rock don't, don't really yeah. go together. <laughs> not really, not really. So, yeah, that's what I like to do for fun.
0: Oh, well, I think that's so good. It's so good to laugh because I think we all would agree that today's topic is definitely personal and it's also really heavy for, for all of us in some way, shape, or form because today's topic is something that intrinsically is affecting everybody that I know. You know, there's nobody that I know in life right now that's like, man, I'm kicking it on all cylinders. I'm like 60 miles per hour on cruise control. Everybody's struggling. And what we're going to talk about today is joy and just the fight for joy. And so I'm really, I'm tentatively excited because this morning's going to almost be like a counseling session for me. I am, I have had kind of a crazy morning. I just got word about an hour ago that one of my um, sweet friends um, lost her battle this morning to breast cancer. And um, God. Earth is not our home, and and if we're not living for glory, and if we're not living for what comes after this earth, then I don't know where our hope is found, but the beauty is that joy remains, and joy is a fight, and joy has never been something that just naturally rises and falls over us. It's something that we have to fight for, especially in 2020, Lord.
2: Absolutely, because if we're being honest, like this has been a tough year. I would say if you were gonna put a word over 2020, it would be some version of hard or loss and- Cuss
0: word.
1: Cuss
2: word, (laughs) insert cuss
1: word, dumpster fire.
2: It would be be probably some version of loss. And for a lot of people, it has not looked like a loss of life, but for some it has to COVID. right. And for some, it has been the loss of a job, the loss of a home, the loss of the school their kids were going to go to, the Mm -hmm. loss of normalcy, um, the loss of relationship and and depth and community and friendship. And so re establishing some version of uh, what life could look like is very challenging, I think, this year. And then I I just feel like we need to validate the reality that this year has been plagued by political tension, Mm -hmm. racial injustice, tension over how we want to interact on that subject. It's also been really, really, really hard to just get face time with people. And Mm -hmm. so there's all this tension and there's feels like there's no end in sight. Mm but what we know about Jesus is so exciting and really brings hope to my heart is that, yes, Jesus died on a cross and went to the tomb. But we also know that he didn't stay in that tomb. And that is the example we get to follow, is that he rose from it and he He went into eternity with joy mm-hmm. and life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today as we talk about joy, is we're going to spend some time defining it through personal experience and then what Scripture says. And then we're going to share with you guys how we have found it and We'll have to continue to find it. Amen. And then also what the process of sustaining it and then sharing it mm-hmm. looks like.
0: Yes. So let's start by defining it. Um, you know, there are several things that joy is and and what it's not. What it's not, and this was one of the biggest lessons I learned early on as a believer. I I learned it is not happiness.
1: Absolutely. It is
0: not circumstantial. It happiness comes from the root word happenstance. And so it's literally in regard to your circumstances Mm -hmm. and joy is completely not about that it's much like i'm in like deeper down in the gut level you know what i mean it's something that like even amidst the tides and worldly circumstances running amok it is something that can be seated deep down low
1: and i think it's so helpful to differentiate between joy and happiness because then that gives us the freedom to work through feelings that we have and process them and yet still hold on to joy. Yes. So you can have a hard day. You can mourn the loss of your friend. You can mourn the loss of face-to-face interactions. You can be sad, fearful, anxious, and still be able to address those feelings knowing you have that internal joy within you that relies um, solely on Christ.
0: And that was a lie I believed for a long Mm -hmm. time, like that if I was sad, that meant I wasn't like following the Lord like a good soldier. That meant that I wasn't holding on to joy. And exactly what you're saying is mm-hmm. so right, that, that grief and sorrow and joy can coexist much closer than I ever knew they could.
2: Right. Absolutely. When I look at the Psalms and you see David pray over and over and over again as he's going through hard times, he almost always starts out with this very painful lament where, God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. And then he he moves through all of the aspects of his pain and his frustration O- often with God Himself. And then from that, He begins to declare who God is. Mm-hmm. And then He praises Him at the end. And you see that repetition through each of His prayers in the Psalms mm-hmm. or His songs. And I think that is such a great example for how you can balance both of those things. The difference mm-hmm. between worldly happiness and joy is hey, we know where our hope is found, which means eternity. So in camp, I heard this thing. <laughs> Where they defined joy as, you know, J dot O dot Y dot. And it was Jesus first, others second, and then yourself. And I always thought that was kind of corny. But as I reflect on it, it's so true. Because if you have a perspective that's on eternity and on Christ before anything else, Mm. and then you can take that and find hope in, in what God has promised us as believers, then you are able to move into, hey, how can I use this to be a blessing to those around me? The pressure you feel to find some sort of levity in material things, it it evaporates because then it comes to yourself. And by the time you get to you, Mm -hmm. after you've gone through the perspective of Jesus first, how can I serve those around me? There's this unbelievable peace and, and hope that Christ brings to you about your circumstances. So it's kind of corny, but I've kept it with me my whole life. Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: There's already been a couple of times during this episode, Chelsea Jay, when you're talking, where I kind of want to come in with the gospel like, mm hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I kind of want an organ playing in the background. I'm like, yes, Lord. <laughs> can Please I don't. get an amen? I need to be preached to this, <laughs> this day. So that's so good.
2: Yeah, and personally, so as we talk about what joy is and how you find it, something that really resonated with me is in Hebrews twelve two, when it says, "But for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross." And so, personally, um, two years ago when I had my first little girl, Winnie, I really battled postpartum depression, and um, joy's always been something that's been a concept of faith for me. But then when I went through postpartum depression, it became a lifeblood. And, um, you know, if you've ever struggled with true sadness, anxiety, and depression, you know you can get to a really dark place Mm -hmm. really fast. Mm -hmm. And um, people have asked, like, hey, how did you get through it? And I'm going to be honest, I couldn't open my Bible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it was but for God's grace that I had a couple verses memorized. And this was one of them. And I was able to look back on that and go, joy is only going to come to me. Because I have to choose to set it before me. I have to choose that it's going to come through Christ. Mm -hmm. That's the only way. And what that even meant is like, okay, so what is joy and how do you set it before you? Joy is an eternal perspective on the hope of Jesus Christ and eternal life that sometimes on this earth, like things don't get better, actually. Like we lose the people we love. We have the hard year, but we get to have hope in Christ as believers that it's coming. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Christ endured the cross was he knew it's going to get better one day, maybe not two but one day. And I, I also had a friend in that season tell me like, Hey, if it takes a thousand prayers to get there, start with prayer one today. And then it's nine hundred ninety uh, prayers, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful for me to know, Hey, I don't have to pretend like I'm all fixed up and healthy today. All I can do today is set the joy before me and take one itty bitty step and for a while that was not opening my bible that was a lot of crying (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then and quite frankly just something as we talk about finding joy i want to be honest is um i am preparing to have my second child her name lord willing we've Mm -hmm. we've named her brighton she's coming in a few months and i am honestly 2020 has been um marked by a fear of going back into depression Mm -hmm. i'm really scared of going back to that place and so um i'm not a crier Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really helpful to have this spoken over me and to prepare for the battle that's coming because something, um, a good friend also shared with me is, Hey, if you know, the battle's coming and you wait till it's here to start fighting, you're going to have lag time before you see God winning. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he doesn't win, but you're going to, you're going to feel it in a different way. And so, um, to begin on this side and Lord willing, I'm just going to pray that I do not fight postpartum depression. But if I do, the battle starts today in memorizing Amen. scripture and praying and asking God for the endurance and strength to weather it well, if it comes, and then freedom and praying that please, God, may it not, um, mm-hmm. but to not wait until the battle comes to believe that my, my hope is in eternity, right? Mm-hmm. because it very well might still fall on me. Absolutely. Yeah. To not be
0: surprised by the storms and trials that come, but that when they come, the Lord alone lets you stand up underneath them. I love your battle stance. Like that's what it really is. Cause I don't, I want to stop being surprised by storms. And (laughs) I love how, like when we were talking about how do we, how do we define joy? How do we find joy? It's a fight to find joy. And it's an active, you know, um, it's an active battle stance of, I'm going to train, I'm going to trust, I'm going to go hard And I think if we're trying to find joy, we also have to be aware of, like, what the barriers to joy are. Yeah. And there are a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love, Chelsea that you brought up Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, because I was reflecting on that last night as well. And just seeing it genuinely laid out that Jesus was the one who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Like, if we're talking about the difference between happiness and joy— That man was not happy in that moment and during that cross like that is that was a brutal thing to experience. But to know that walking through that, knowing that eternal perspective that you're talking about, that joy that is set before him is is what makes it all worth it. And what we see in that passage before uh, is that Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith, that that faith and joy come in together to redeem what can seem like such a hard thing in the moment, but knowing what that eternal perspective is, what's on the other side is so worth it. It's so worth it.
2: Wow. I love that. I think I needed to be reminded that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's worth the Mm -hmm. fight. That's beautiful. And and you know, something I think I've also, just as I reflect on postpartum depression, a big barrier that I found was comparison being mm-hmm. a huge barrier to joy and cynicism. I mean, obviously when you're depressed, cynicism is like on your right shoulder all the time. <laughs> but but I think if you if you continue down the perspective of it's just not gonna get better, it's just not gonna get better on this side of things. Mm-hmm. That's also not scriptural, because he tells us that he wants to see us in the land of the living find life abundant. But the issue is we have to find it in him or we won't find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just keeping in mind for me that if you're if you're looking to your left and your right and you're constantly doing this battle in 2020 in particular, then you're, you're going to find yourself going, oh, I have it worse than you. I have it worse than you. That can lead you down a really negative spiral. Mm-hmm. And that will steal your joy. And also if you just keep looking at the forecast and going, it doesn't look like it's gonna get better from a worldly perspective. Like this is just going down, man. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: That is gonna rob you of joy because joy is set before you. It It has to have a hope for the future in it, for it to thrive in the moment.
1: Yeah, I would say that's been the biggest lesson that I've learned in 2020. So we've talked about like defining joy and like the difference between that and happiness. And we've also talked about finding it, like what it looks like to even find it in the midst of this year. But sustaining it has been the thing that has really wrecked me this year. And so when I look back on 2020, I vividly remember, guys, New Year's Day having this sinking feeling within me of that's not going to be a good year. Mm-hmm. Something about this really? year going to be hard. Yeah, vividly remember wow. it. That's crazy. And then like a couple of days later, all the World War III stuff started happening. I was <laughs> mm-hmm. like, guys, we're only we've only been here for a couple of days. Like, what's <laughs> happening? And had this moment of like, okay, but like, God's good. We'll get through this. And so as months go on, you know, we get to March and we start sheltering in place. And for me personally, that moment was, was so easy for me to trust. Like God is good. He is sovereign. He's in control. We're fine. And God was gracious to help me keep my job. My family was safe. All of the things that I care about that are like close to me, we're fine. Um, but, as the months went on, I started to believe this truth of like, yeah, this will be short. This will be easy. Like God is good. He is sovereign. He's in control.
0: We're burn fine. up in the summer. Yeah.
1: I, I had so believed that COVID would burn up yeah. in the summer. And so I was like, June, June's going to yeah. be the month. That's June's my the birthday month. month. Like we're going to have fun. It's going to be great. God, I thought that too. And, uh, and once June came around and I realized, oh, oh, this isn't going anywhere. That for me was the moment of realizing that I had placed my hope in something of this world. I had... You know, the ditch that I fall into is control. That is one of the biggest sin struggles that I have in my life. And so my control thought I'm going to write a better story. And in my story, all of this ends in June, like racial injustice fixed, COVID gone, everything fine. Obviously we're in September and that didn't Mm -hmm. happen. And so my fear and anxiety and control started to kick in and realizing, okay, this is going to last longer this last few months of being fine, trusting the Lord are good, but I don't really know how to move forward in this. And I want to write a better story than what God has for me. And so understanding that, you know, Chels, what you're talking about of preparing for a potential storm and like getting ready to run that race is so true. But I had to remind myself, I actually have to run the race now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm having to run the race of what could be a very long season of trusting the Lord. And that's hard that's really hard
0: so i like feel really convicted by what you're saying because i think that's probably where i find myself right now mm. is i have told you all before i'm like the character joy and in inside out where i'm like yes. happy 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 uh-huh. happy no sad <laughs> and you can do that for a little while uh-huh. right and and all of a sudden the proverbial poopeth hitteth the fan (laughs) and all of a sudden like you know I feel squeezed in every area of my life and all I'm so challenged because I got to a point where I was like man I have been praying this year that Lord, you would be my only satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And what he was teaching me is that I was continuing to look to earthly circumstances mm-hmm. to gauge how I'm supposed to be doing. And then also not running to him for satisfaction and also really even struggling to believe that at his right hand, are pleasures forevermore, mm-hmm. like it talks about in Psalm 16, but like that I, I literally had a sit down moment with myself where I was like, I am choosing Rest or numbness or <laughs> food, favorite mm-hmm. medication of choice, um, to help me feel better in a time when all my life you've been faithful, right. all my life you've been good, and I'm not believing it right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you're so right with that idea of sustaining joy is probably going to be the fight of the rest of our lives. Um, But there's two verses that I think about when I think about how to fight to sustain joy. One is Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be constant in prayer. Mm -hmm. And so that meshes these two things together of you can be rejoicing in hope and also patient in affliction. And the thing that ties them together is constant communication and prayer with the Lord. And then the second verse is Psalm 28, um, six and seven. It says, blessed be the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart rejoices and I give thanks to him with my song. Mm. And so it is it is that firm foundation in the Lord that enables us to like, I kind of always joke, have y'all ever been on a plane ride when it's like super gray and cloudy and rainy? It's the worst. It's the worst. And you're kind of nervous about takeoff Mm -hmm. and then you take off and at some point you get above the cloud line Mm -hmm. and the sun's shining. Mm -hmm. And it is the weirdest phenomenon to go through, like actually go through the clouds because you're literally going through an actual real storm, but always above it, the sun is shining and the air is clear. Mm -hmm. And and what a beautiful picture of what the Lord wants to be for us. He's not saying the storms aren't gonna come and we can beat that metaphor to death, but it's real y'all. Like, and the reality is that, above the clouds, the Lord is on his throne. The Lord is above the things of the earth. The Lord is above the disappointments of my heart. And yet in his grace, he's still wanting to comfort me. Mm -hmm. Even in my rebellion, he's still
1: wanting to comfort me. Yeah. That was something that I also was really convicted of just having to sit down and realize I put my hope in something in this earth rather than in the Lord and had to realize I also need to give myself grace in that moment because there is no expectation that I handle every single day perfectly, that I am joyful and happy. You know, there are days where I can be joyful and sad and joyful and mad and joyful and fearful and and, joyful and depressed and joyful and depressed, (laughs) like joyful plus anything. That's a day that the Lord wouldn't be surprised by. And so one of the passages that really helped me in this season, I went through Genesis for about four months doing an inductive study. And I was like, gosh, this is perfect timing for this to see God's sovereignty. But just the entire story of Joseph and reading it in a new lens. I wrote down in my notes Genesis thirty-seven through fifty. So if you want to read about fifteen <laughs> I'd, like I'd like to start reading not be reading those out loud. I will not be reading about fifteen <laughs> chapters of scripture today, but to see an example of someone who their life was marked by so much hardship, being sold into slavery by his brothers, being wrongfully accused of adultery, being imprisoned, being forgotten in prison, coming mm-hmm. out of prison, helping a country survive famine, having to reconcile with his brothers who, who sold him into slavery. Mm. That's hard. That's a lot. And understanding that a lot of time passed and Joseph was faithful and had that joy within him knowing that this is all going to be worth it. I'm going to be faithful to my God and he won't forget me. Even in the moments where I read the, the transition from chapter 40 to 41, where he helps someone get out of prison and ask them to remember him. And that person forgets him and is like, ah, he's fine, whatever. And Mm. the next verse says, after two full years, something happened and he was remembered. And so Joseph sat in prison for two years. And when I read that passage from one verse to the next, it takes me about two seconds to transition. But Joseph sat there for two years. Mm, Do you think he was having hard days? Mm -hmm. Do you think that he was having moments where he questioned the Lord and if he remembered him? But, you know, we see the rest of that story and... Uh, the end in Genesis fifty twenty where it says what the enemy intended for evil God intended for good hmm. our hindsight is 2020 20, seeing how God was faithful in the midst of his story but in that moment that nearsightedness is like it has to be marked by faith hmm. you know to to trust that that God is going to work everything for our good and his glory.
2: I love that. And Kelly, you use the verse Romans 12, 12, and, and it, it ends by saying be constant in prayer. And so as I reflect on one of the ways to sustain joy, the chief thing that comes to my mind is to pray for joy. <laughs> I mean, it's whoa. Just, whoa. <laughs> Shut the phone no, but down. No, that's so True. But I mean, Jeremiah 29 12 says that when we pray, God hears us. And so, therefore, ipso facto, if we pray for joy and we know He hears us, and then if Colossians 4 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving, that He wants to see those things fulfilled, we can combine His word to know He wants to see our prayers fulfilled. So, if you are in a place of downtrodden spirit like Joseph, mm-hmm. or like Paul, who is writing this probably from prison, <laughs> probably probably from prison, the the best perspective and the, the best tool in your tool belt is to cry out to God and say, please help me through it. Please remove me from it. And please give me the joy that feels impossible for me to grasp on my own, because I know you can. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't, I know you can. And that's enough to sustain me. And so that's just one of those small disciplines to, that really affected my trajectory out of postpartum depression for me and that I hope is a blessing for yes. mm-hmm.
0: I love that practicality. And I think another practical, because I think if I were listening and I were in a place like where you were after Winnie or I went through a season of depression, I'm like, okay, I love scripture, but also, and I'll pray for change, but what next? I was listening to the church leaders podcast that we do here at watermark the other day, and it was all about how to get out of a slump. And one, it was just nice hearing men that I respect so much that they've been in a slump Mm. because I think we can, you know, tell ourselves that I'm the only one that struggles. But I think one of the things that they said is pick, pick one thing to do every day. Mm. And I loved that. That was such an incredibly practical point for me. And he even said, you know, pray for 10 minutes every day. And so I think that's something we can apply here. Like um, I told you all a while ago, my family did like a room of appreciation where we're writing, we're allowing them to talk about the bad things that happened in their day. And then we're crumpling those up after we share them. And then we talk about the good things that happened in our day. And we put those up on our window in front of our home to go, man, we're going to create an altar of remembrance of appreciation and gratitude. And so for me, the practice of gratitude is something that i didn't even commit to doing it we stopped doing it for a while and it was my daughter that came back and was like we need to start doing this again and it was weird how it correlated to yes i do i need to do (laughs) it again and so thank you spirit of god through my child
2: i love that putting small disciplines into place are they're helpful for you to start envisioning that joy set before you it's helpful to go here's one little thing that I can take ownership of in my walk with Christ and in my day. I can't control anything else, Mm -hmm. but I can draw the circle around myself and go, you know what? I'm just going to admit I'm not okay today. And that might be step one for some people. Like even... 10 minutes of prayer might feel beyond you. Right. But to acknowledge and sit before God and go, hey, the best step I can take today is to acknowledge I'm not okay. If you're further down that process of healing and pursuing joy, I think another thing you can do on that is to take that stance of fighting for joy and and speak that over yourself as you wake up in your day and go, I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to prepare for it. I'm going to plan for it. God, you are good. And like we see David do in prayer he he says who god is and then he thanks him and so yes. i love that heart of gratitude because i think that really is the key factor that shifts you from that place of despair to mm-hmm. hope in what who god is because that is the only thing that gets you out of it
1: right and it, i think it's also helpful to know too how you find joy so i think all of us are wired differently obviously because we're all uniquely created by the lord so for me personally i'm all about strengths finders enneagram all of that and so my number one strengths finder strength is positivity. If anyone (laughs) questioned or doubted, positivity is number one. And so figuring out what is it about how the Lord made you, how he wired you, how you see him and his creation, what stirs your affection for him, like figuring out what that is for you so that you know how to be diligent to not only find it, but sustain it, but also to ask people to come around you. Like some of the girls closest to me, I know it's harder for them. And so we have conversations about what it is that stirs their affection for the Lord or how they remind themselves of joy so that we can come alongside together and do that with one another.
2: And then also to share it. I think that's a really exciting thing for me to think about is if you're going by that J O Y acronym from (laughs) earlier is you have to, you have to take your joy and bring it to others in whatever capacity that looks like. And, um, and I mean, people feed on bad news, like let's just be honest, they feed on bad news. Um, and so I think that's a really, really challenging thing to do is to, is to share it with others, but yeah, you got to do it.
0: And that's the beauty is that once you've done the hard work of heart work, which is something our pastor said this past weekend that I loved so much. Once you've done that, you've worked on yourself and you're now ready to share it mm. with others. Mm-hmm. And and not that we always minister from a place of like 100% health and 100% joy factor, but we do. We work on ourselves first so that we can then give it to the world. And so I think it would be fun for me just to think through like, man, how can I challenge myself? to pursue joy, not even this week, let's scale it down. Like you said, Chelsea, Shay. how can I pursue joy in the next hour? Yeah. How can I, this day, remember that the Lord's on his throne and then remember that because of that, those storms come, I can be okay. And, or maybe even it's today I've gone from, I've been a victim and I'm going to change my stance and I'm going to go to a soldier and, and I'm just going to walk throughout my day. As if I'm a soldier fighting for joy rather than a victim just receiving anything that comes my way. Um, Philippians 4, 11, 13, Paul talks about like, hey, I've learned the secret of being content in any and all circumstances. And like you at camp, I always learned only Philippians 413 <laughs> and I we like chanted it when we were running up the hills and sweating and dying like that's I exactly can do all amazing. things through Christ who strengthens me and this is why ladies we study our bible in context <laughs> <laughs> because when you read the context it's so much richer what he's talking about when you study his life he went through some things yeah and he <laughs> said I've learned the secret of being content and it's about just grounding ourselves in the beauty of the Lord
2: wow that's amazing I found for me that, again, I, I'm always going to hammer the prayer prayer card that when I'm trying to share joy, the best thing I can do is pray joy over those people around me as well mm-hmm. and ask in a moment, not, oh, I'm going to pray for you, which is nice a sentiment, but right. like to just stop and go, hey, are we in a season where we need to actually pause and pray for joy in this exact moment mm-hmm. together? And that, I mean, when you invite the Holy Spirit into any moment, you're going to feel your spirit lifted to some capacity. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's one of those small things. When I think of sharing joy, I immediately think of prayer. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. And ladies, I want you all to know, we are praying for you all so consistently. You are a prayed over people. So if you're listening to this today and you've never listened to it before, know that you've been prayed for. And, and maybe the reason you listen to this today is because you felt like you were at the end of the rope and you needed somebody to uplift you. And so I pray that God would use us for that today. And y'all, we have come to the end of season one of oh, the wow. collective podcast. It has been, can I just say in a completely non-cheesy way, it has <laughs> been an honor it to work with has. you ladies. This is a lot of work and it's beautiful work. But it's been so fun getting to sit side by side with you two, especially, and just delve into people's lives. So I really like you all. I don't only love you, I like you.
1: Uh, Oh, what an honor. I will say, if we're talking about finding small pieces of gratitude, this collective podcast was really expedited because of COVID and shelter in place and us not being able to be face to face. And so I know that I personally have loved this opportunity and like, this genuinely is God's sovereignty pulling me in. This was part of my job. I had yeah. to pivot so much because of everything that Callie was like, well, do you have margin to help me with this? I was like, sure. Okay, well, let's do it. And, and then and I found out,
0: oh, she's a beast. <laughs> let's keep her. Well, guys, this season really has been so fun. And here's the deal. It's only just beginning. Season two is coming at you soon in 2021. And we can't wait to share everything in our hearts with you all. And so make sure you come back and join us for season two. And if in the meantime, we can help you with anything under the sun, whether it's joy, pain, depression, anxiety, we want to talk to you and we want to get you resourced for the things that can be helpful to you as you walk out of that. So if you want to, you can visit our website at watermark.org slash collective and see when the next time is that we're getting together. You can follow us on Instagram at watermark underscore collective. You can always share this episode with someone who you think might need to hear it. And if you need anything, prayer or otherwise, our email is collective at watermark.org. Ladies, you are loved. You are seen and known by the only one whose opinion of you matters. We love you guys. Go serve the church and bless the city. And we'll see you next season on The Collective Podcast.